comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is the man of the hour. We're about to talk about his team, season ticket holder of Orlando City, Logan Stump. How's it going, everybody? Man, this was a lot of fun. This is a fun day today, but uh, it's getting better with some Orlando talk here. Yeah, for people that don't know, uh, I, I could have introed this as well as the man who was standing in line at the DMV for hours, Logan Stump. <laughs> so what's really annoying is that my car is registered underneath my dad's name. So I get, you know, the tags on the license plate. Well, you know, I do the two-year thing because I'm like, I don't want to deal with this every year. So when I do that, then I forget and I'm like, wonderful. I forgot. And this car, like the good thing is our complex actually is like, hey, just a warning, your tags are expired. So you might want to get that changed which is nicer than what a cop probably would do to me. So yeah, I had to deal with that and stood in line for an hour past my appointment and was fretting this. And luckily uh, our guest was kind enough to, to push back the, the zoom call. So uh, I do thank him for that, but yeah, pretty excited about this one. Me too. So who do we have with us today, Logan? Yeah. So uh, we're of course going to be talking Orlando city Um and we have on uh, Mike, I'm going to say this right, right, uh, Gramajo, uh, I, I believe that's how you say it. And he covers Orlando City. Uh, he was once with the Sentinel, I believe, and he's covering uh, the team now with Orlando Soccer Journal. Um, and that's something that he's co-founded and he's got the Orlando Soccer Show podcast. So having him on, he's going to talk to us about some Orlando City. Awesome. Yes. And uh, as we're recording this uh Atlanta's about to take on leg two here, Quintalo Wednesday, and Joseph Martinez is starting and the captain. So really surprised here that he's going to be starting this match. I'm guessing that's some confidence that he is 100% fit uh, to, to start the season here. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we'll know how that actually turned out. Uh, we're airing this on Wednesday, so you'll already know if they had moved on or not. Aloense had, had, has had a lot of visa issues because they did not submit anything until the day they traveled uh, for whatever reason. So uh, should hopefully Atlanta moved on, hopefully Portland moved on. We'll talk more about that probably in our preview show, uh, which is going to drop on Friday before the season starts. So let's go ahead and bring in our guest. 
The Stateside Soccer Show. Talking the beautiful game in the land of the free. Breaking down Major League Soccer, US Men's National Team and more with Logan and Jordan. All right, and now we welcome in our guest, Mike Gramajo. How are you today, Mike? Uh, I'm doing good. I think thanks for for having me on and uh, to talk some Orlando City and, and and MLS stuff. Obviously, season starts this weekend, so it, it's a little bit of a, it, it's it's not want to say a little bit. It's, it's really exciting that we finally get to get the ball rolling here in, in the United States. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're excited to be done. Uh, we've done 27. <laughs> this is our 27th uh, team preview. Okay. <laughs> uh, we, we, we never actually thought we'd get here, I think. Um, well, congratulations then. Because yeah. that's, a, that's commitment right there. And and just to show that you guys are dedicated to covering all of Major League Soccer. So <laughs> my, my hat tip to you guys. Yeah, we decided to save Logan's team for last year. Uh, yeah, thank Logan you. Thank is you. a recent season ticket holder to Orlando City. So... Uh, and he's been repping the merchandise lately. And uh, yeah, so he's really excited to talk some Orlando City. So uh, our first question is, as always, uh, where can people find you on social media? And what? how long have you been following Orlando City? Yeah, so um, uh, Mike Gramajo, just, just how you guys uh, introduced me. So um, yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, that's where you can find updates. I've uh, been covering the team now for, believe it or not, this is my 10th season going in. So wow. uh, I've been covering the team since 2012. So I have to kind of wow. like pinch myself sometimes to remind, like, just, wow, this is, this has been a long time. <laughs> but I started in 2012. Um, I, I like to think that I, I was a, a baby coming into this. Cause I honestly, when I first covered my first game as a reporter, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know what the heck I was getting myself into. Um, but obviously the year progressed as the years you know went by I just kind of kept getting um just getting involved and just being that uh that 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 person that was always at trainings at the games and obviously 10 seasons later we're here but um uh I've covered my work has been featured at the Orlando Sentinel MLSsoccer.com the Miami Herald I have my own website now that I've been running now since 2016 it's called the Orlando Soccer Journal um that's where we pretty much put news on Orlando City, Orlando Pride, the Academy. So for those Orlando City fans that are uh, that want more than just Orlando City, but they want pride in, in the Academy, you can go ahead and visit orlsoccerjournal.com. Uh, and obviously you can find us on Twitter at, at OSJ Soccer, as well as my own Twitter handle at by, by Mike Gramajo, um, as well as uh, the Orlando Soccer Show, which is uh, uh, in a way a podcast that's partnered with the uh the soccer journal where we put a lot of fun orlando city stuff there too at orl soccer uh, soccer show as well so uh we have a lot of plugs and uh, just a lot of a lot of resources to kind of put out orlando city information for fans um especially now with this with the season kicking off this weekend so i have a quick question for you just because you mentioned uh that you've been, uh, you know, uh, covering them since the 2012 season, you know, that's like the, uh, the old USL days when yeah. they were winning USL titles, you know, back to back and they had, you know, like John Rooney on the team. And <laughs> I remember those days, um, yeah. even as a non Orlando city fan, I always had my eye on them as uh, I'm from Maryland. So I've always had my eye on them just cause we always go down to, uh, you know, like Disney world. Um, so we were always following, you know, what's going on in Orlando. 
stuff like that. But uh, what do you think, uh, just as a quick question here, the, the biggest difference between covering the team back in those early days when they were winning a lot and then covering them, you know, going um, into MLS and kind of struggling for a bit and then kind of on this uh, ascendancy under Oscar Perea? That's a good question because, I mean, twenty. If I obviously the, the, the team first played in the 2011 season, so – I, I wasn't really covering them at that time during their inaugural season. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just kind of watching them from the outside. And then that's when I kind of, my interest kind of peaked. I'm like, I'm going to write about this team. Um, in terms of how things have kind of gone um, throughout the years. Yeah. I mean, you kind of, you have to kind of put a timeline out there because this team has come a very long way. Uh, you think about it, 2012, they were playing at the Citrus Bowl, which is now Camping World Stadium. Uh, attendance was nowhere near what they're averaging now. Uh, obviously, on the pitch, they were a force to be reckoned with uh, under Adrian Heath, 2012. Uh, well, 2011, they won the, the USL title. 2012, mm-hmm. they were close to repeating until that, that semifinal loss to the Wilmington Hammerheads. Uh, it was a, an upset. 2013, uh, you can recall that was the Dom Dwyer year uh, where Dom Dwyer kind of single-handedly yep. Yep. put the team on his back. Uh, in 2014, obviously, uh, the move to Disney World because uh, Camping World Stadium was under renovation. So 2014 was the last year in, in USL. And they tried to make another run for the title. Uh, but they, they won the regular season title. But obviously, they lost in the playoffs in the USL uh, playoffs. So uh, there's that. And then comes Major League Soccer, right? Uh, Kaká, the Citrus Bowl, the Fill the Bowl campaign. Uh, and then obviously that, that in a way yeah, it, it, it was great, but it also kind of marked the start of a long journey to the playoffs that we finally saw come to a culmination right. last year. Uh, so obviously seeing those brutal years, those early starts in MLS, I mean, we're, we're going into what season seven in MLS, I think. So, yeah. 2015. Yeah, seven, yeah. Yeah, so hard to believe that yeah. it's been that long. So you obviously see 2015, 2016, uh, and then obviously the middle of 2016, Adrian Heath gets let go. Jason Christ comes in. It's kind of the same scenario. Jason Christ gets let go middle of the 2018 season. James O'Connor comes in, uh, gets to ride out the second half of 2018. 28-19 was just a dismal year. Uh, uh, but obviously, behind the scenes, you start seeing Orlando City take notice, the front office take notice on what changes they need to make. They bring Luis Muzi. Um, he makes some dramatic, just huge changes in the team. Um, and then obviously that comes with Oscar Pereja getting hired uh, ahead of the 2020 season, where honestly expectations weren't that really, because I mean, you think about it a lot, it just, it was a losing season after losing season. So it was, it was more, more of a, people were more curious about what Oscar Pereja was going to do in his first year. And so lo and behold, you get MLS back, Orlando City goes to the final. Uh, they lose, obviously, but we just saw a different Orlando City team under Oscar Pereja. And uh, honestly, I think expectations were met last year. And I, I, I think those similar expectations are going to have to be met. I think you ask any fan, they're going to say, we have to, well, the playoffs is going to be a no-brainer. So just look at, just looking back at all those years, yeah, it's been a long journey. Orlando City has gone a long way. I mean, by blood, they're a winning team because they, they they just rocked the USL. Um, and then obviously mm-hmm. the early start, the early years in MLS weren't so great. So to, the way I like to think about it, I think the hiring of Oscar Pereja was more of a turning point in this club's short MLS history. So 
obviously history is still writing itself. So I, I'm just more curious to see how how the rest is written this year and, and what Orlando City can kind of accomplish on the field, um, uh, especially starting the Saturday against Atlanta United. Yeah, so we like to start out and kind of going into that reflection and reflecting on 2020. We like to ask uh, our guests the, the first real question on the top of the show question. Um, you know, what went well for this Orlando team in 2020? What, was, what were some things that they took away from uh, 2020 that they can use in 2021? Yeah, I mean, just every – so let's, let's look at the start of last year. I mean, the team did not win their first two games. Uh, so people who are still not really convinced on, but yeah, I, 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 speaking as fans, they were like, I don't know if Oscar Perez is the man. I don't know if he's the man, you know, can he, it's, it's, it's going to be the same thing all over again. And then obviously pandemic hits. There's no, there's no, there's no major league soccer. There's no soccer being played for a couple months. MLS is back kind of comes in obviously it's here in Orlando. So I think that kind of play a little bit of a part in terms of, you know, Orlando saying this is our, we're playing, we're essentially the home team here, but in terms of, of, of what really, really happened, I mean, we've seen the, the ascension of Daryl DK, obviously, and he's right now tearing it up in, in the championship. Chris Mueller's just been getting better year by year. There's no doubt about that. Nani just pretty much was just, obviously he's the captain of the team, but he, if you think he was extremely overworked last year, because if you look about, if you, once you, if you look at post MLS's back and the, um, the schedule that Major League Soccer laid out. I mean, Orlando City was playing two games a week, back to back right. to back to back. There was a lot of rotation, and Nani was playing a lot of those games. And uh, it was at a point where Nani had to kind of take a, a recovery because, obviously, at, at his age, he you, you really can't really wear and tear. I mean, obviously, these are players at the end of the day. They're not robots. So, But the way that Oscar Brea was able to rotate the squad – and put a winning team, no matter who was who was who was in that eleven. Whether if you look at the midfield, which at last year, it, last year the midfield was really deep. Obviously, this year there's, it stays the same. But you look at the midfield, whether it was uh, Uri Rosell, uh, Sebas Mendes, Junior Orso, Andres Perea. If it, it was if that 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 four right there in the midfield, whether who no matter who was out of those four, no matter who was in that in that pitch during the game. They, they were able to get the job done. Um, and that was key for Orlando in, in terms of the attack. Obviously, Daryl DK was was just that, that man. And, and Mauricio Pereira just kind of pulling the strings as, 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 as what any number 10 usually does. In the back line, also, you, you, you look at how Robin Janssen and Antonio, Antonio Carlos were able to kind of fold that center back partnership and Pedro Gallese in, in a way communicating with these guys for the first time, I mean, this team was a very cohesive team. And, and, and when they, when you look at it, they, the way they played as a unit, they, there wasn't, there wasn't really a player that stood out, but this team played as a team. And that's something that we really never right. really hardly ever saw during the early MLS years. And, and that's what really, I think in a way catapulted Orlando city to, to be that team in, in 2020. Uh, you mentioned him just a moment ago, Daryl DK, who's you know currently on loan at Barnsley, and he's been stealing all the spotlight and headlines over there. Um, they apparently, you know, they've turned down uh, Orlando has turned down like a ten million dollar offer from one of the big six clubs. They're looking for twenty million or around that. I, I don't know if they'll um, if that's an 
exact figure that's been quoted by the team, but what do you think are the chances that Daryl returns to Orlando? Uh, What are the chances he stays for the year? And if he does return, how, how much does he impact this uh, Orlando team? It's, it's a, it's, how, how can I put it into words? It's, 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 I don't want to say it's a complicated issue because I mean, Daryl was just, he just turned, he just turned into a professional last right. year. Hasn't I mean, played he's a full season. college soccer. Exactly. So, but the way he's, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He, he's tearing up the championship and he, from what it looks like, he's going to help Barnsley get into that promotional playoff. Um, take obviously eventually with, with the hopes to get into the premier league with Barnsley. But I mean, Oscar Pereira has, has, has said it that he, he expects Daryl DK back. He, he hasn't really mixed around whether he thinks he's going to come back or he doesn't know he's going to come back. Oscar Brand has been pretty straightforward saying he's coming back. And obviously you think about the the terms of this loan that, that was uh, when it was announced. I mean, it's a short-term loan. Obviously there was no, when there was no timeline given, but obviously if we just had to throw a lucky guess, that loan is going on until the end of the championship season, which is in May. Um, And then along with that, that loan, there was that 20 million, uh, $20 million fee, a transfer fee that uh, was reported by the Orlando Sentinel uh, that Barnsley would have to pay ha- should they, they want to exercise a transfer. Look, if, if Daryl DK doesn't come back, obviously I don't think he's going to stay at Barnsley because from, uh, from what I've seen historically, I don't think Barnsley's ever put out that much money in a transfer yeah, so, and, and Barnsley keeps saying that it's not the twenty million on their fee, and that it's something that they would be able to afford. But I, mm-hmm. I just don't know if that's them trying to save face. With their it, I, I, I think in a way, because I mean, the, right now Barnsley's in in a pretty good streak. I mean, they're they, I, if if, you, if I'm in Barnsley's shoes, I'll I'll do what it takes to keep DK in my team. But right. um, the, at the end of the day, it's it's obviously the loan's going to come to an end. And obviously there's also uh, what's being reported is Premier League clubs being that, that have kind of kept put their eye on DK. So if, if a team comes out with a, a transfer fee that seems suitable for Orlando, I mean, think, I, I, I think Orlando city is, is in the good position to take advantage of that, but should they feel that Daryl DK needs to develop a little more, then that's, that's on, on Orlando city, but, and then Daryl DK will just have to come back and, and just, continue tearing up the the league and and continue rising in stock i mean it, it's going to be interesting what happens in the next few weeks because obviously you see a lot of the national media come in as well and they're like orlando city should take that 10 million orlando city should take that 15 million they shouldn't be cheapskates all, all that chitter chatter you see on twitter but it, 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 i think both parties and when i mean both parties daryl dk and orlando city that both parties need to come to i guess a, a decision what's going to happen obviously I don't think no one's really asked Del DK uh, about if he's paying attention to this uh, this hype that he's kind of building on his uh, right. of himself. Uh, I'm curious to know if, if Daryl DK wants to come back to Orlando City. But from what I see on social media, he he's still interacting with some of his Orlando City teammates. Um, he's still young. I think he's what only 20, 21 years old. So um, there's still a lot of room for development for for Daryl. So even if he comes back to MLS, it's it's not a bad thing. He can come back, tear it up. I mean, Orlando City's stacked in in in, the, in its attack with uh with Pato now in the team. So if Daryl Dicky comes back, tears it up, Orlando City sells him. I mean, the last thing you want is the, I mean, the last time Orlando City had a a 
really lethal striker in major league soccer that turned out bad in the end was Kyle mm-hmm. Lahren. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Daryl DK is 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 that type of player that just abandoned the club. But the last thing you want is, or, or as the last thing Orlando wants is kind of putting himself in that position where Daryl DK is not happy and he kind of forces his way out. So uh, it, it's just going to be interesting how everything kind of uh, plays out in, in the few weeks. Uh, I, if you were to ask me, do I see Daryl DK coming back? I, I I honestly think he does come back because I think Orlando City is very very. Um, uh, straightforward on that transfer fee they, they put on him, even if some people think it's a little a little over um, exaggerated or not. But uh, obviously, it, it's interesting. It's interesting, but uh, obviously, I mean, what can you expect? Daryl Deke just kind of took the league by storm last year, and now he's catching a lot of attention now overseas. So uh, I think Orlando's fine uh, right now where they're at going into Saturday, whether obviously Daryl Deke is there or not. Yeah, we talked about it on the podcast before, and I, I, my viewpoint is, you know, I, I see all these people on social media say that, you know, a lot of U.S. men's national team fans are going to end up hating Orlando for not letting DK go this year. But for me, I think it would really help him to stay here for another year. I think, uh, you know, I, I especially don't want him to go to like a big six team and end up just being loaned out all the time. And I think on, on Orlando's case, you know, having him where if he's putting eight goals in the championship and 14 matches, he could probably put 20, 25 goals in a full season at MLS. And that could be enough to maybe carry you to like a, you know, MLS cup, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where I feel like that's what they would need to do. And then, you know, give it this full season. And if, if you win, then great. You you can sell them. If you lose uh, great, you can still sell them and still make that money. But, you know, for me, it would be like if I'm an Orlando fan, I would want us to like keep him just for the year, just to see if that can get us that you know piece of silverware. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. I mean, it's in the best interest of for Orlando if, if DK comes back and and just takes this season and and just continues that rapid form. And then obviously, uh, if he wants to pursue overseas, then uh, you know, I, 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 the thing about Oscar Pereira, he, he 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 really wants the best for his players, so I wouldn't be surprised if 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 Oscar and Daryl are having that conversation about the future and what's best for him. So, uh, like if he does come back and and does a even better job than last year, and then he decides to go overseas, then it has to be a team that is suitable for him, not a team where he's going to go and get loaned out, uh, as you mentioned to several other teams throughout the span of how many years. So it has to be right. And um, that's something we, I think anybody should just look at when it comes to this transfer saga. It has to be right. And it has to be right for Daryl. It has to be right for Orlando. And it has to be right just in general. It can't be something that kind of leaves question marks in the end. Yeah, so part of this turnaround and part of that whole thing with, with DK, um, and I think the turnaround in 2020 had a lot to do with Oscar Pereira, and you mentioned it, that he seems to – want what's best for his players. Can you kind of just speak to how Prey changed the culture of that club and what kind of identity they have? Yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, obviously with COVID, it, it made it a little bit different because Oscar Pereira, when he first came in, he, he mentioned how he wants to integrate the Orlando City Academy to, to with, with the first team, Major League Soccer, obviously. Uh, um, we saw, obviously, the, the, the Orlando City uh, moving over to Kissimmee with their own official training complex. And what 
Luis Muzi, uh, the, 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 the vice president of soccer operations, the way he envisioned it was obviously the, the whole team would be under one roof, the Orlando City Academy, Orlando City B, and Orlando City. And with those three entities being under one roof, if at one point during Orlando City training, they're down a man, they could easily just go across the other field and bring in an academy player and have that academy player start mixing and training with these older, a lot more experienced players. Um, so, but obviously, the, you really didn't see that much of it last year because of, of COVID. This year, we, at the start of preseason, there was about three to four academy players that were selected, and they were training with Orlando City all of the for, for for most of the the preseason, and that just shows you how much, in a way, Oscar Pereja is just trying to integrate this squad in the way he's he. he the way, I, I like to call it uh, poppy football because the way the, 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 he has his team mm-hmm. playing. And, and Oscar Pereja says this word a lot that he wants the team, his team to be protagonist on the field. So whether it's, it's being a team that's very possessive on the ball, whether it's a team being uh, uh, very in a way pressuring the opponent when they don't have the ball, the way they recover the ball, th- this team is just playing just the way Oscar Pereja is. And, and, and it's, 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 that's what I call a poppy football. They're, they're attacking they're they're, they're goal oriented, literally, uh, just so all of that kind of just in a way results to way or the way Orlando City was playing last year because there wasn't really much of an identity. I mean, you'll you think about it that you have three head coaches before Oscar Pereja uh, with Adrian Heath, Jason Christ, and James O'Connor. That's three different types of systems you're playing under. There was never really consistency, and Oscar Pereja was able to establish that in year one. Uh, I think with year two now, uh, it, it's it's going to be more of I think. It, because and and I'm going by what 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 I've been from the people that I've been talking to because uh, with with COVID we haven't really gotten that much media access at training but the way I, I see things happening this year it seems like Oscar Pereja with the players he's brought in they're just kind of going up a level now and and just kind of bolstering some some holes that needed filling obviously I think there was one hole that left I think you guys will ask me later at left back. But mm-hmm. in terms of the whole team in general, this team's playing very consistent, played very consistently last year, given the amount of games they were playing week in and week out with those two games a week, traveling that same day to play, and they were able to crank out results. So obviously the mentality, the the the, the state of mind this team under Oscar Pereira, it, it changed and it played a huge factor into what made 2020 a successful year because that's what it was. It, it, it was make the playoffs and 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 see how far they've gone. And they went pretty far in the playoffs, if you ask me. So um, it, it's just a, it, it's just a matter of, in a way, it's it's a, it's it's impressing how Orlando City was able to to kind of turn things around under year one under Oscar Pereja. Uh, moving into the attacking side of the ball here, uh, th- you know, this offseason Orlando added Sylvester Vandewater. Uh, they also added uh, you know Alexander Pato. Um, in an, in an attack that already had tons of options, why do you think it was that Orlando went and bolstered their attack uh, even more this offseason? Yeah, that's a good question because, obviously, besides the MLS season, there's going to be the Open Cup. Um, that's really going to be the way it's going to be qualified. It, it, it's going to be determined by the best – I don't even know how to explain it because that's how confusing it is to qualify. The best for the points per games in and through first, May first or May third or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's already <laughs> that's already a challenge in itself. But give it. Let's say Orlando does have a a good start to the season. They qualify for the Open Cup. Not only do we have Major League Soccer, uh, obviously the regular season, 
the Open Cup, now the League's Cup. I mean, that's a lot of games going down later in the – that's a stretch of games down the summer, later this summer. So, in a way, it, it, it's it's good that this team is 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 stacked in, in its attack because it, it just shows how much depth they have. Uh, I mentioned how last year the team was very stacked in the midfield, that no matter who Oscar Pereja put in that midfield, whether it's Andres Perea, Junior Urso, Uri Rosell, Sebas Mendes, we, those guys put in the work. So I think when it comes to the attack, uh, honestly, it's 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 going to be. It doesn't matter who who's who. Oscar Brea puts in the in the attack. Uh, I, I think a breakout player that I think people should look out for is is Pato. Uh, obviously, he had a really good uh, outing when he was in China, and then went went back to Brazil, and things didn't really go there. But Pato, from what we've seen in the footage, he's he's having a great preseason. So, and he looks very, very, in a way, he looks very enthusiastic about the season starting. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if Pato actually, in a way, uh, lights up the league as well, because obviously you look at the type of player he is, he, he, he just, there's no doubt about it. He's a world-class player. He's shown it when he was at Milan and with the Brazilian national team. Um, so obviously with, with, with Pato in, in, in the attack, he, he, there's no doubt about it. He's going to be playing as, as, as the nine. With Daryl DK gone, um, obviously uh, Tesho Akandele, uh, who's more than likely went down the pecking order, but you can still bring him in, in in moments where, let's say it's it's five minutes left to the game or the last ten minutes, and you need to just hold a result. Tesho Akandele is known to have a good hold up play uh, to contribute to the team. So in a way, it, it, with this attack, I mean, uh, you, you just look at it. You mentioned Sylvester Vanderwater, uh, who scored ironically this past weekend in his, I guess, debut preseason game for Orlando. So it's going to be interesting to see what he kind of brings to the table as well, as well as with Mauricio Pereira, Nani, Chris Mueller, man, it's just a, it's just a really a plethora of options. And you have a young Academy kids too, like Benji Michelle, who honestly had a really good year last year. And and I wouldn't be surprised if he continues that development as a player. I'm curious to see how Mateus Aias kind of, comes into the fray because we didn't really see much of him last year so I'm kind of curious on that Alexander Alvarado uh I, I saw I saw him in two preseason two preseason games earlier um this well earlier this year or during this preseason and he looked pretty good as well so uh you, you think about it a lot of options uh and that's good that's good for Oscar Pereja because at any given time he's gonna have to rely on on on, on that attack when it comes to rotating the squads once we get into the middle of the summer and there's the league's cup open cup and regular season play all divulged into one month and um it's gonna be huge for Oscar Pereja to kind of uh, uh, rely on that yeah so and speaking to that the depth um it, like you said it's gonna be I mean it's a crowded fixture list uh it's a, a list that's got stacked up together because of all these different competitions and, and different guys leaving on international duty. Um, and kind of speaking to that, is there concern that, you know, with Nani going to be 35 in November as the season starts to wrap up, uh, is there concern there? And can you kind of speak to his importance of being on the pitch? It seems like at times, like you said, last year, he just, it seemed that he was getting a little bit tired just because of the age and having to kind of rotate players in. Um, is it, does it take a step down when Nani's not on the pitch? Uh, I don't want to say it's a, I mean, I, I think it is a concern, but I don't want to say it's a huge concern. Cause I mean, last year, yeah, he was, yeah, he, I, 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 he was extremely overworked with the amount of games he was taking in um, and with the little recovery, but, but I, it's, it's not a huge concern because 
whether or not he's on the pitch or off the pitch, I mean, he, he's the leader of the team. He's, he's the captain. So right. uh, w- he's always going to have a some some form of influence on the team. Um, the players just easily gravitate to him, all the players, not just the, the Portuguese-speaking players, but all the players just gravitate to him. And it just shows, obviously, that, that, that he has that type of leadership skills uh, that he's developed throughout the years. Um, it, 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 in a way, I'm not – when you look at how deep this attack is, it, it benefits. Like I mean, like I said earlier, it benefits uh, Oscar. There's no doubt about it. But in a way, it benefits Nani because I don't think Nani's going to take that type of beating he took last year. Um, this obviously this year because um, there's more. There, there, those these players can free Nani up should Nani be made available on the bench during a game day and he comes on in the 65th minute or later on. Um, so I don't think it's really too much to be concerned of. Obviously, yeah, his age does kind of play a factor in it. But obviously, he's the leader of the team. Uh, he's the most experienced player in the team, if you, if you look about it, if you if you look at it. So there, obviously, as, as long as obviously he, he remains healthy, I know there was a little bit of an injury bug that kind of plagued him during this preseason. But he spoke earlier today um, to reporters and he said he feels ready to play on Saturday. So uh, he, obviously that's his word. Oscar Pereja said the team is pretty healthy earlier today as well um, for Saturday. So um, obviously, yeah, we, we expect Nani to be there on Saturday. Um, and obviously, the, the start of the the start of the year is not going to be too hectic. But obviously, once we go into the summer months where they're playing two games a week, and then you have Leagues Cup and Open Cup potentially. Um, obviously, we might see how it's going to be interesting to see how Oscar kind of deploys Nani, whether he's uh, he puts him in the eleven whether he puts him on the bench or he just sits him out for the game so he can rest. So as long as you don't overwork Nani and, and rely on just rotating that squad, uh, there shouldn't be that much concerned. But um, obviously, yeah, healthy. That should be that should be key as well for Orlando because he played a huge part for Orlando during uh, that 2020 uh, playoff uh, chasing year. Another big uh, you know player for the attack is Chris Mueller. He's been there for a few years now. Um, what do you think it is that makes him so threatening in the attack? And could we see him move uh, to Europe in the future, though he is, you know, 24 years old? Sometimes it's like, you know, if you don't make the jump uh, soon, you might you might run out of uh, that, options. That's a good question because what makes him so good, and, and, and this is a question that he's actually been asked before, off the pitch, he he's a learner. He He, he just likes to to empower himself and I think because of that that in a way resonates to how he is on the field and and that just that just just shows that obviously with Oscar Perea he's 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 a he's he's, he has a will he's a will to learn and he he did that under Oscar Perea uh I think that the 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 fact that he knows uh Spanish is is a huge part because uh obviously Oscar converses with a lot of his players in Spanish and obviously Chris Mueller is just just that talented that he he's able to understand his, his teammates understand the, the the technical staff and and just absorb all of that and that's just played a huge part into his growth what this year's going to bring I think it's it's going to bring more more of that growth that we've seen since he came to the team uh was it three seasons ago two seasons ago um so uh Obviously, yeah. There's going to be a little bit of competition when you look down at the at the pecking order in the attack because he, he's he's he is a winger, 
he's played in both both right and left. Um, I, I he's competing with what now? Sylvester Bondewater, uh, Nani, um, and Benji Michel. Um, and, and, and even the, some of the center mids that are playing more more wide, like Andres Perea. So uh, th- those type of challenges usually make players better. So obviously with Chris Mueller, you, you've seen his his ascension as a player. I don't think he's really hit that ceiling just yet. Uh, whether he goes to Europe, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah, he's, he's reaching that age where you start to wonder, uh, do you want to make that jump to Europe? Um, honestly, it's going to, I think it really falls on this year. Uh, and actually think about it. This is his fourth year, I think in the league, if I'm correct. So uh, I'm curious to know how he does this year. And if, if, the, if he does excel this year, he, he does, he does turn some eyes this, this year to some European scouts. I think this would be the year where he kind of breaks out in terms of, cause he, I think he already broke out in a way, um, to the Orlando city fan yes. base, but if he's able to, if he's able to break out, um, and make some real noise across the league, then obviously uh, that's something everyone should kind of pay attention to because he already broke into the national team scene um, over the winter. So, uh, and, and Greg Berhalter is, is, has spoken really highly of him. So um, obviously this year is going to be, a, I don't want to say make it or break it, but this year has to be a year where it, I think we're going to see probably the best of Chris Mueller. Logan, Logan, your turn. Sorry, my my <laughs> Wi-Fi was in and out. Um, uh, yeah, so I mean, talking about the midfield, uh, it's definitely one of Orlando City's strong suits. Um, Mauricio Perea, uh, you, you've got Urso and, and Yuri back in the eight and six. Um, can you kind of just speak to the the three in the middle uh, in the midfield and, and their importance to the club, and then what you can expect from them in twenty twenty one? Yeah, so uh, if I'm c- correct, Mauricio is not going to be in the uh, opener this weekend because of uh, the red card. Yeah, that red card in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that was a little bit of a bold move for him because he literally lunged up at the guy. That yeah, that was red. <laughs> uh, but I don't blame him. The team was already down. So uh, I think a little bit of a uh, uh, venting of frustration. But uh, no, I mean, Mauricio, obviously he came in um, late 2019 uh, under O'Connor, but obviously didn't really get a preseason in. Uh, and then 2020, he finally gets a preseason in with the team. Everyone's wondering what he's going to bring to the table. Then everyone saw what he brought to the table. So I, I don't think we can expect anything anything less because Mauricio has shown that he, he is a quality player. He is – well, I don't know if he's a DP or a TAM player because he's always – the club hasn't really been that transparent with it. But he just shows that he's a high-level player. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he just continues that type of form – um, obviously I don't want to compare him to other number 10s in the league, but you, you look at like the, the Diego Valeri's, the Nico Ladero's, uh, those, those, those are the guys right. that usually that, that move, that tick the attack. And that's the type of player Mauricio is. He's one of those players that puts life into, into the attack. He creates space. He finds space. He's just genius with it. Uh, if we continue seeing that type of Mauricio Pereira on the field for Orlando, obviously any ball, any, any player he picks out in that final third or that scoring third, I mean, that, that's just an opportunity to, to, to kind of just put gold into the back of the net consistently throughout uh, these 34 weeks of uh, Major League Soccer. So obviously Mauricio, is, 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 he's shown that, that type of importance. 
um, when it comes to players like Andres Perea, it's hard to believe that he's only he's still a teenager, if I if I'm correct too. So um, with Andres Perea, this is a player that uh, he he started off really young as a professional with with Atlético Nacional in Colombia. So I think that played a huge factor into his his uh, development because and I don't want to say he came developed to Orlando because he's still developing, but he already came with that IQ that that soccer IQ that that Oscar Pereja is already familiar with and usually usually deploys at, at some of his teams he, he's coached before like at at Cholos or FC Dallas um then you have the experience more, the more experienced midfielders like Uri Russell uh, uh Junior Orso um even Sebas Mendes is kind of coming to his own um personality into the midfield uh so you you have those guys that that that, that core four uh, as a rot- as, as, as just rotating throughout this year I, I don't think we're really close to seeing who's going to be that midfield duo just yet. Um, but it, I mean, obviously you have up and coming talent like Desperate, like I just mentioned, uh, Junior Orso, who just really, really had a really good first year with Orlando. Then you have the younger guys like Raul Aguilera, uh, Jordan Bender. Uh, should note that Jordan Bender has played more in the attack and more as a winger from what I've seen um, during these two um, preseason games that I've been able to, to watch. So just a lot, a lot of uh, flexibility, a lot of uh, uh, versatility in that midfield that obviously gives Orlando that attack-oriented edge um, this year. And um, it's just a matter of seeing how they kind of reveal it uh, to the opponent. And what, what better opponent than Atlanta United on Saturday, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, moving on to the defense here as we leave the attack and, and midfield. Uh, Orlando was a top six defense, allowing just 25 goals last year. Uh, what is it that you think made them a, uh, a good defense last year in MLS in a league that usually struggles with, with defense at times? I mean, obviously, you look at the, the, the two anchors in Robin Johnson and, and Antonio Carlos, they, they were key. And you have obviously Pedro Galese um, between the sticks, that that was huge. Then you look at the outside backs um, with Juan. Um, he, he, it's kind of weird with Juan because uh, uh, year one, defensively, I mean obviously year one, everyone noticed him for his speed, right? Everyone was like, "Wow, this guy's really really fast." But defensively, during year one, he really wasn't that great defensively. If if, if I had to break, that, be a little analytical on that. But year two um, in 2020, you can kind of see how well he he's gotten defensively. Um, I think a, a, a part, a, a, I think something that plays a part into that is the way he was been able to kind of acclimate to living in the United States. Because year one, he didn't know any English. He, he only spoke Portuguese. Uh, he was still kind of getting used to living here. He, he's never really left Brazil. Um, and then you go into the off season, he starts kind of being a little bit. He finds his, he starts getting more comfortable living here. And then gets in, and I think that kind of just helped with him. That helped him off the field, and that just kind of resonated on the field. Um, then you look at the other side of the outside backs with uh, Jao Matinho. Uh, obviously, granted his his injury last year um, kind of resulted into him missing the second half of the season. Um, but that 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 group of that back four uh, back line with. Uh, with Jao Matinho, Antonio Carlos, Robin Janssen, and, and Juan, they, they, they were really, really important in terms of the team being really well defensively because uh, 
you, you look at two, three seasons ago, they set, well, obviously it got, and it, I think Cincinnati broke that record. Um, but two, three seasons ago, Orlando City held the record for most goals conceded in a single season. So obviously going into the following season after they kind of broke that record that nobody wants to hold, I think Orlando City made a, it made it a key point to kind of strengthen defensively. And they finally have some consistency in the back line. Um, obviously with Joe Matinho still coming back from injury, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Smith steps up as a left back with Juan at, at, at the right. So, and then obviously you have those two anchors in, in Robin Janssen and Antonio Carlos. So uh, the consistency continues. And I think if, 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 if it does continue throughout the whole year, it's going to be again, key for Orlando because obviously, obviously goals wins you games, but obviously a good defensive outing kind of holds on, gives you that result to hold on to um, given it should be, should it be a winner or a draw um, for Orlando? So, yeah, and you mentioned it before, and I actually uh, had read one of your articles that you'd done a couple of weeks ago about Joao Matinho. Um, really good left back. A, a lot of people, I, I think, kind of let him go under the radar some. Uh, I know a lot of the national guys today were actually picking on him from extra time uh, being that important to Orlando. But they go out and sign this left back, Jonathan Suarez, gets uh, released after sexual battery. Um, accusations and I think it's still in trial but are, are there concerns that there's not like a true left back on this roster until probably the a little bit more towards the middle of summer because of Matinho's hip injury yeah so it, it's interesting because obviously Oscar and, and you, you mentioned that article that I wrote I mean Oscar he, he knows that there's a, a, a I don't want to say a concern in, at left back he knows there's a, a hole to fill at left back uh, obviously you look at the death the defensive death that Orlando City has um, I mean, it, it's no, there's no doubt, but the, the Kyle Smith becomes the, the de facto left back while John Matinho is gone. Um, if for some, oh, sorry, I had a sneeze there. If for some, um, bad reason, uh, something just go hits the fan and, and John Matinho can't return in time and Kyle Smith is just being over overworked and, or not living up to that standard. I wouldn't be surprised if Oscar changes the formation. He's he's done it before, so run with a three-man back line and have more of the 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 play with wing backs instead of the you know your actual traditional left and right back. Um, but obviously, yeah, the, the team is there, there is there is a hole to fill. Oscar said it. Uh, the primary the MLS primary transfer window closes on June first, so it's still open right now, um, and it doesn't open again until July seventh, uh, the secondary transfer window, and that doesn't close until August fifth. So th there is windows of opportunities there to, to, to fill in that left back role at the moment, it, it, as, as it seems, I don't think they're going to fill a left back before the season starts. Cause they have to be roster compliant by Friday. Um, so, um, and, and as I mentioned before, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Kyle Smith and Juan's as the team's outside backs on Saturday. Um, and obviously I think how, on how that kind of develops and how that unfolds um, starting Saturday in the weeks to come, if it if Oscar feels like maybe we we need to start kind of pressuring um, uh, this need for a left back, then obviously the team's going to rely on 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 filling that hole. I think that I mean I think there probably is some behind the scenes work. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, the team's usually very quiet when it comes to these transfers, but uh, obviously the teams they they've never really been shy to 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 to, to utilize these um, these transfer windows to bring in a player that's needed. Um, there's already 29 of there's already 29 of 30 players already in this roster. 
30 if you if we consider Daryl Leake coming back. So the team's already pretty much filled as it is. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the younger players get loaned out to make some some extra roster space um, for uh, a needed position, given how the season unfolds. But yeah, no, left back is, is going to be a probably it's still a question mark and it's going to be a question mark until we finally see how um, the, the season kind of plays out. Uh, if, if, if for some weird reason uh, uh, we, we see that Kyle Smith is getting burned on that left side on Saturday and it happens again on um, the following week and, and the week after that, if, if, if we start seeing that, I wouldn't be surprised if Oscar Pereira, obviously he's going to take notice and, and kind of figure out a way. Um, it, it, it's a little unfortunate because last year we saw Kamal Miller playing at that left back and he actually did pretty well. Um, but obviously he ended up going to Montreal. Um, so that's good for him. But obviously that left, that, that's the reason why there's a hole now because uh, obviously no, no, no Kamal Miller now. Um, obviously Jao still slowly returning. So should Jao, and, and that's another thing too, should Jao come back uh, fully fit and, and avoid being injured again? That's great, but there's also you need to take into account he he he's is a little bit of a injury prone player. He um, speaking with uh, my good friend Julia Poe from the Sentinel because she covered LAFC during the inaugural season, and that's where Jao Matinho was. Uh, Jao was very he suffered from a lot of injuries during that first year in LAFC, um, and that's the reason why he got traded to Orlando because he was an injury prone player. And then obviously he comes to Orlando, does a really really good um, has a really good debut season, but then 2020 comes in and comes in and obviously. He has a really good start to the the first half of the season. Scored that that goal, that equalizing goal um, against LAFC in the MLS back, and then obviously he goes down to injury um, at Atlanta, and then we really don't see him for for the second half of the season. So um, it, it depends on how fit Jao Matinho comes back. If 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 it's not Oscar Pereja, kind of said it in in the wording. Obviously, we're gonna have to kind of move on. Um, to finding other options. Um, I don't think that really means moving on from like put, transfer, pushing John Matinho out, but obviously if you're a coach and, and you have a, a, a hole to fill, you're going to have to do what it takes because obviously the last thing you want is that hole being a liability to the entire season. So. Uh, moving into the center backs. Uh, what is the depth behind Janssen and Antonio Carlos, uh, Carlos like, is there uh, you know, in case of either of them had to miss time at all during the yeah. season? I mean, obviously you have Rodrigo Schlegel who stepped up at, uh, at some various <laughs> yes. points. Um, as a goalkeeper. <laughs> as a goalkeeper. Too. Great goalkeeper yeah. <laughs> came up big. Um, but then you have the, the new uh, draft D that got signed uh, Rio hope gunned. Uh, we really haven't seen much of him, but. Obviously, he, he comes in. Obviously, the NCAA soccer season got kind of pushed back, so uh, he ended up playing the spring with um, his uh, his college. I believe it's uh, Georgetown. So, yeah, uh, so with him coming in, uh, but Orlando City, seemed, they signed him right away. So I think Orlando City already had a, a, I guess, a good scope of what Rio brought to the table. So, obviously, yeah, beh- behind uh, 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 Robin Janssen and Antonio Carlos is Rodrigo Schlegel, there is Rio Hupgund. Um, even Kyle Smith. Is, I mean, the thing about Kyle Smith, he's, he's a very versatile player when it comes to the team. He, he can play as a left back, as a right back. He can play at center back. James O'Connor put him there at some times. Did a pretty good job. He's, he's known to put get the job done. Um, but granted, there, there yeah, there really isn't that much depth in the attack. But obviously, 
given let's hoping that Robin and, and Antonio Carlos have a healthy season um, like they did last year. I think they should be fine. Should something happen, knock on wood, it doesn't, then yet yeah, you have those two younger defenders to fall on in, in Rodrigo and in Rio. Um, and obviously that's going to be a, a, I don't want to say a risk, but it's going to be a, a, a task for them to, 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 to kind of put on in terms of holding it down. Well, if those, one of those players goes out, but um, I mean, I, I think usually the, the, the back line should be well intact for most of the season. Um, granted, something doesn't happen at all during the season. But um, obviously right now, the, the main the main pillars in that back line is Robin Janssen and Antonio Carlos. So I think that's 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 the center back pairing right now. It, it, it was it was like that last year and it's going to continue being like that until otherwise something happens. So they got Pedro Galice um, as the goalkeeper. He was a candidate for goalkeeper of the year in 2020. Um, can you kind of talk about his importance to the club? He's going to miss some time with Peru and Copa America. And, you know, I, I know Schlegel will probably step in uh, between the posts because he was so good. But can you, but can you kind of uh, just talk about what his backups options are? Obviously, Schlegel isn't the ideal choice. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Pedro is going to miss some time this summer with um, maybe with the Peruvian national team for, for Copa America. Um, they have the, the obviously they have Mason Stadzuhar, uh, who is a homegrown player. He hasn't made a first team debut just yet, um, but he's been with the team now since 2016. Uh, he, he played some time at Tulsa in, um, in the USL back in 2019. Uh, so he has that experience, but he hasn't really I mean, obviously last year he didn't, he wasn't loaned out at all. So he hasn't really been consistent in terms of getting some actual game time. Um, so the, 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 the next goalkeeper that comes after him is, is Brandon Austin, who comes from Tottenham, but he's only here on a short-term loan um, until I believe the summer. Um, so obviously there's an option to buy and history has shown under Oscar Pereja that usually these players that come with a loan and then with an option to buy, history has shown that Orlando City exercised that option. So I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, once Pedro does um, leave with Peru for Copa America this summer, I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Austin gets that, that they, well, Orlando City exercises that option to buy on Brandon Austin. And Brandon Austin steps up to be the filler for Pedro. But then again, there's Mason Stajduhar. You're going to have to get him some playing time as well because he's uh, at, the, at the age he's in, he, he, he needs to get some consistent games. You, you ask any any coach, any academy coach about what's key to developing these young players is getting is for them to get consistent playing time. And obviously uh, it's going to be interesting how Mason is, is utilized this year. But in terms of, of who fills in for Pedro, I mean, the most logical uh, the most logical person that comes to mind, the most logical thing that comes into mind is, is Brandon Austin. Uh, and then obviously just makes, there's, because there's only three goalkeepers in the roster, but um, I mean, obviously Pedro had a good year, got a good year last year. So uh, obviously Copa America, it's going to, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be that a solid month that Orleans doesn't have him. So should uh, Brandon Austin step up or Mason step up? it's going to be a good opportunity for both those players because they're also both young as well. All right. So for our final question, as always, what would be a successful season for uh, Orlando 
SC here or Orlando City SC? Is it, you know, getting further in the playoffs? Does it have to be silverware of some sort? What is the uh, the terms of a successful season? Well, there has to be some silverware at some uh, uh, in some form. Whether it's the supporter shield, whether it's MLS going all the way to MLS Cup, getting the Open Cup, winning winning the Open Cup, or winning Lease Cup. Um, if if Orlando City manages to win one of those silverwares, that's a success. If Orlando City makes the playoffs, that's a success. If Orlando City, for some divine reason, they just fall flat, then obviously that's not a success. Um, so the expectations are there. Orlando City is going to have to make the playoffs. Um, and I think they will make the playoffs, given the the, 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 the tune-ups they did to the squad and, and just given how the East looks like, uh, looks at, looks like right now. Um, not that many strong teams that I uh, think that can kind of go up with Orlando. I think you, you can probably put Philly, Columbus – in New England and perhaps New York city FC as, as those teams that can kind of put up a fight with Orlando. But uh, so that, that, that given that, and given how that playoff picture looks like right there, that, that just, that's enough to put Orlando in the, in the playoff picture. So I, I see him going back to the playoffs. So that, that uh, that's, that's If they do that, that's great. It's a success. Now the question is how far can they make it to the playoffs this year? We saw how they did last year. It didn't really end too well, but, the question is how far they can make the playoffs and if they can kind of get some silverware um, this year as well. So, the, I mean, the expectations are high. I think uh, uh, everyone knows that by now, right? So it's really just a matter of, of how they, they, they put out this team and how they, uh, they, they, they deploy this team um, into a more better team than last year. So it's going to be interesting. I think, I guess, it, I guess to answer this question in a, in a nutshell, a success would be going back to the playoffs and in and going to the Eastern Conference Finals. If if they lose in the Eastern Conference Finals, that's still a success because they've never made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And if they win the Eastern Conference Finals, they go to MLS Cup. And guess what? Right. That's a success. So uh, obviously, th- this this season is is going to be an interesting one. But it's it's MLS. There's always weird stuff happening. So. All right, thanks, Micah. Did you want to plug uh, your stuff one more time here? Yeah, yeah. So if, if for, for anybody that wants to follow me on Twitter, I'm, I'm at at by Mike Ramajo. Um, you can also follow the Orlando Soccer Journal at OSJ Soccer, um, OSJ Soccer, literally just like that. And then obviously the Orlando Soccer Show, which is ORL Soccer Show at ORL Soccer Show, and we always have fun Orlando City stuff going out there, as well as Orlando Pride, Orlando City B, the Academy, just a, an encyclopedia of Orlando City stuff fans to follow this year that was mike gramajo of orlando soccer journal and the orlando soccer orlando soccer show you can find those uh twitter handles and such in the show notes as always but we want to thank mike for coming on and helping us achieve logan the dream the dream we set out when we first messaged uh multiple people about austin and none of them wanted to come on we finally got (laughs) Hernan on and Uh-oh. then we uh you know we we got the fan perspective there we started getting journalists for some of the other teams and podcast hosts and we just want to thank everybody who has come on to help us preview each of these teams guess what next year it is what 28 or 29 because of charlotte yeah. and maybe another team joining yeah maybe i forget i think it's just charlotte next year yeah <laughs> I don't think St. Louis is coming in until after. St. Louis, I think, is the following year. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so we will have even more previews next year. It'll be a little easier because we won't probably ask as many questions about like I asked Mike about, you know, Orlando in the USL days. We'd already know that we'd pretty much just focus on 2021 and then looking forward to 2022. So it'll be a little easier, I think, next year. Uh, but wow, we, we did it. And Logan, this is your team. I'm going to let you speak here for a bit and just say, what did you make of Mike's, uh, you know, interview here? Uh, how are you feeling about uh, Orlando heading into our final prediction preview show? Yeah, so Jordan and I actually finalized our preview prediction. That, like, this is the first show we've done where we've had it finalized. Yes. Um, so we can kind of speak to just alluding to, we're not going to give it away completely, but um, Jordan has them one spot below I my, myself. But um, yeah, oh, I no, thought I, we were even now. I thought you switched that around. Nah, I, like I have... No, I think don't you worry about them. it. But yeah, okay. we're, we're we'll just, close. We're yeah, close we're very close. Uh, yeah, we are. We're we're really close in a lot of what we think. Um, so maybe it won't be a great lesson. Um, but no, it'll be fun to kind of recap those teams. Uh, anyway, uh, on to Orlando City. Uh, everything that I've heard is exactly the same. It's uh, they've got a lot of attacking depth, right? They've got Sylvester Vanderwater um, that's coming over. They've got Pato uh, added into the mix now. Um, you know, the, the jury's still out. If G, if DK ends up leaving, um, which I'm starting to think that it's getting to a point where like he does leave just because, and I'll get into this some now, um, they made a good point. Like David Gosson that made a great point on extra time. If you really think about the schedule uh, and Jordan, you're going to have to help me with this. Cause I don't remember which cups are, which and where um, I know Copa America is coming up. I know, is it gold cup that's coming up too? Yes. Gold cup is CONCACAF. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, they've got all these competitions. So, basically, they were running down the fact that even if DK does return on the loan when he was supposed to return on the loan, you probably wouldn't see Daryl until July, um, which is really interesting because that's uh, that's an open window for Premier League in Europe. So, I, you know, that was a really, really good point that I hadn't thought of yet to where Daryl, by the time he gets back, won't really play with Orlando City, or I think at all, until he gets back and he's playing – uh, in July. And, and even that, you know, he might be gone. So that actually made me lean more towards like, I think Orlando might actually pull a trigger if it comes to that point. But uh, anyway, getting to the, the actual team itself, I, I think the biggest concern for me is the, is the top. I, I know, you know, with Pato, he, he's a name, right? He, he's played well in the preseason, but uh, he's just not really ever pan out where he's been. He was supposed to be this wonder child and he never really became that wonder child that he was supposed to be. He's, he's struggled with expectations at times. Um, and, and you can't have a struggling nine. You can't have a guy that's getting eight to nine goals. We've seen what that happens, you know, and, I, and he's got a little bit more backup, obviously, because he's got guys around him uh, like a Chris Mueller, like a Nani, like a Prea. Uh, he's got guys that can create. He's got, you know, uh, you know, Benji Michelle, he's got Akindeli. He's got a ton of stuff behind him, but, I just don't know if he's ready to kind of carry the the team like a DK would. Like you said, Jordan, if DK stays, they're easily in the conversation for one of the best teams in MLS uh, if he can grab 20 goals. Um, but again, it, it all comes down to, I think, Pato. Honestly, I think this team and their success, because their defense is going to play well, I think, even with Smith on the on the left and uh, Ron on the right, um, I, you know, it's a good team defensively. It's a good team in the midfield. 
They've got a lot of options and a lot of depth in a crowded fixture schedule. Uh, this is an easily a top team in the uh, top four team in the East, in my opinion. I do think, you know, Atlanta will challenge them for that fourth spot. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think it comes down to Pato. If Pato plays well, then this team is a four and above. If Pato doesn't pan out, you know, they're looking more at that five and six. And, and I don't know, you know, what kind of options they would have if Pato doesn't, if, if he really struggles to score and Mueller doesn't play as well as he did last year. I'm going to lock it in now. I am locking in that Daryl DK is staying this season. He's going to come back over here. He's going to, you know, whenever he plays, even if it's July, he'll be here. He'll help push Orlando forward. Um, that's what Orlando needs. They need to, uh, like uh, like uh, Mike said here, you know, maybe like Eastern Conference Final or something. And his goals can do that. And I think that might be – look, I, I totally think that they're not settled on exactly what's happening. I think they're going to yeah. say that right now he's staying here, he's coming here. But if Pato doesn't take off, if they're not getting goals from Mueller and they're not getting goals at all, they would need DK and I don't care how much money comes in. I think right. at that point you, you need to be able to put a, a, a respectable product out on the field when you've had, like Mike pointed out like three or four managers, I think that three managers like back to back to back who, who underperformed for Orlando city. And now you finally have somebody that's, you know, pushing it forward. If you don't have a, 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 if Pato doesn't hit the ground running or if he doesn't have a respectable season, I don't see how you can be like, oh, we'll also take $20 million for DK because while that might let you buy another player, two or three players, none of them are Daryl DK. And uh, there's just some sort of raw talent here as he's still very young and still very uh, you know, green as a uh, professional soccer player that I think could help lend this team a huge hand that I'm not sure you can get – with the 20 million, you know, uh, uh, or cause you're not, you're going to get the full money. MLS does take some of the cut. Then you have to probably look at, you know, what else you're, you know, are you putting some of it into the youth? Are you going to actually spend all that in transfers? You know, the team's also for sale apparently. So it, it's a, it's a mess of what that's going to actually mean for the club right now. And, uh, I'm going to go ahead and lock it in that he stays. And I think that, look, there's a lot to be excited about as an Orlando city fan. I'm sure uh, you feel that way, Logan. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're really excited to see this team take the field. Like I said before, I have a you know soft spot in my heart for them since I was in Orlando when they launched uh, on the Disney college program. Um, you know, I always liked when they played at Wire World of Sports because I, you know, it was Disney. I'm like, oh, this team yeah. playing in Disney. Disney sponsors them too. Like they were one of their sponsors even in the USL. And it's just fun to see this market that has not really gotten behind teams at times in Florida is really getting behind Orlando. And I'm really excited for you to be at your first game on Saturday. So I'm looking forward to hear your report on that. We'll talk about that you know, uh, on our recap episode as well. And we'll get Logan's full experience at uh, Exploria. Uh, but also just wanted to, you know, you you did watch some NWSL. We watched the Challenge Cup uh, some this weekend. We had a great uh, fight, uh, breakout, I guess, in one of the matches. But we also had 
Orlando Pride versus Racing Louisville, uh, which was a good game. Logan, what was your thoughts here on the NWSL Challenge Cup opening weekend here? Yeah, so, I mean, besides the Thorn throwdown, um, I really enjoyed this. It was a great weekend for NWSL. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing for NWSL is now growing the league, right? Uh, there's a lot of teams and markets that are interested in joining the league. I think that with the networks that they're now on because of Paramount, I think Paramount's going to be Paramount for the NWSL. Um, just, uh, bad <laughs> bad pun <laughs> yeah thank you um but I, I do i really think that it's going to be big for the league i, I think it's good to, to get the the women's game out there like they should um this has been a, this has been something that they needed to do um and they're doing it now uh i watched the uh, i i caught some of the um other games but the one that i i watched all the way through was racing louisville and their inaugural game against orlando pride um and to be honest with you uh racing looked really good uh i know that it was just the one game and got a lot of adrenaline going the fans were there they were going nuts i mean this the stadium jordan i i guess they had played there with um i want to say another team had played there and i want to say they said I can't remember if it was Henri or Drogba that had played at that stadium for some reason or the other. I don't remember. It was something weird, like that he had played there, and it was, it was like probably no, one of the. Uh, it was like probably a, one of the international like a, champions. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because they said the stadium was Friendly known for things. something that they had done. Um, but uh, that being said, uh, just kind of getting into the game, um, Taylor Corniak, <laughs> Jordan. I don't know if you've seen her. She's six foot one. Um, she is strong she is agile kind of like a dk on the other side right and i mean she's at number nine and she played up top and she just i mean she bullied people i mean she got into the box a couple times um made some real nice runs and passes i think actually you know what she might be i want to say she's a 10 that sits in yeah because she sits in behind sydney larue um but yeah she played really well uh the orlando's defense looked kind of shaky in the back um, their, their two, uh, center backs just didn't play as well. There was a couple of times with some confusion. Ashlyn Harris was all over, uh, I think it was Plummer and McLaren, um, the whole game, just because they weren't sewing up that back line and Ashlyn Harris had to make a couple saves, but it was a wild game because Orlando pride got, uh, the advantage to one and then racing, um, right up at the, the last minute puts in a, a goal to, to equalize and it was a it was a wild game but a lot of fun i really enjoyed uh watching the pride and uh, i'm looking forward to their kit uh racing louisville had a really awesome kit i think it's like no nah, i don't like it oh, you i like did not it? like it no oh, I, don't. I like that kit no. everybody oh, was gushing about it and i yeah. saw it and i was like no jordan thanks. jordan's mean um so <laughs> no but uh yeah no the orlando pride game uh was great the the north carolina game i think that's where um was it Rodman that plays for plays, plays for the spirit, for, which is, yeah, which I guess is my team. Cause it's yeah, the closest Washington one. spirit. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it was a fun weekend. They, 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 they had a great couple of matches. Um, I didn't get to stay up and watch that thorns game. I, I had to kind of look at the recap and they played Kansas city with Kansas city, um, finally getting their NWL team back. Um, yes. but God, that was wild. That, that fight. <laughs> that was insane. And then we have uh, you know U.S. women's team won today, uh, two 0 over France in a friendly. 
Megan Rapino scored a penalty in the fifth mm. minute, Alex Morgan in the 19th minute. So I guess me putting out my Alex Morgan Funko the other day really brought the luck there. I'm going to take credit for that. Um, they also equalized against Sweden. They didn't play very well against Sweden. No, yeah, they did not. Uh, they they were not. Oh, well, you know, it's whatever. It's the build up to the Olympics, right? They'll be fine. Trust me. <laughs> it's not a team I'm worried about. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, this episode is releasing on Wednesday. We are, uh, you know, that uh, while we're recording here, it's still Atlanta nil, Aloense uh, nil, uh, one nil aggregate for Atlanta. So we'll see how that goes. But I will be at the Philadelphia Union game. My first game in any sport since that uh, New York Red Bull Union wow game uh in the playoffs where the union came back from like three one down to win the game and and move on in the playoffs so that was a that was a great game but man it feels like it's been a long time and it has that was like 2019 october october 2019 or so so for us to be you know uh it's now april mid-april going back in the stands is going to be uh, really, really fun and uh, looking looking forward to that. So hopefully everybody is enjoying the show. Uh, coming up next on our next episode, which will which be... preview recorded, do we have next? Record, yeah, record it. Th- yeah, we're going to start our USL previews now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> starting with USL League One and then working our way up to uh, the, the USL Championship. No. Uh, um, we have... Uh, our season prediction and preview show where we will, uh, you know what I just figured out was missing on this list. Logan is MVP. We did not put MVP down here. We need to put MVP on there, but we're going to give our golden boot winners, manager of the year, MVP, the eight open cup teams we think are getting in. We have exactly what place your team is going to finish in. With the and, point total and the points per oh, game. Oh no, no point total, game, no point total. Goals. Too much, too much, too much. Uh, no, but we do, but we do have headlines, which we're excited to. We to do, do have so. headlines that Logan is very, very <laughs> excited about. I'm so pumped. He was texting me all day I the other day with you. these, and I was like, I really don't care. Whichever ones you want <laughs> is fine. <laughs> I was, I was like, he probably doesn't give a crap because I send like ten of them, and Jordan wouldn't reply to me. I knew you were doing other things i was cleaning as well yeah me, so. I, was, I was i was cleaning and stuff that's but. fine it's like i'm like the weeby of the show i feel like i my like his uh his poems that you know his uh what are they called what the heck are those things called with the syllables jordan help me i'm an english teacher Haikus? Should, thank you <laughs> yeah. yeah maybe i should teach your kids thank uh, you <laughs> But yeah, they're, they're full of alliteration and uh, puns and a whole bunch of stuff. So we'll get into those uh, in that as well. And it, what, what those headlines are is pretty much just us briefly talking about why we think the team is going to finish in that spot. We also did pick Supporter Shield winners, MLS Cup winners, and who could forget the wooden spoon? We pick all of those winners uh, as well here. So we're excited for that episode. It's going to be awesome to actually kind of dive deep into it. It'll release mm-hmm. Friday. I'm going to probably release it Friday morning. It's going to give a lot yeah. of people some time, like maybe 9 a.m. Eastern on Friday morning to give people uh, some time to listen to it before the games kick off. 
at what eight eight thirty it is uh, yeah. with Houston and San Jose, which we will be hopefully going live for on our YouTube and Twitch and you know Twitter. We'll at least put the link there if we can't figure that out uh, for you to get over because Twitter stopped Periscope or Periscope stopped Twitter. Yeah, I don't know what what order is which, but <laughs> that is why we had problems the other night. Uh, but we're excited for this. So thank you everybody for your support. Uh, you know, we did pick a winner for the MLS kit giveaway a few weeks ago. That person was really excited. Uh, they picked the Jimi Hendrix kit, which is, yes. uh, I don't know when that's getting shipped out. No, I don't either. Sold out pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, but yes, we, we did send that out. They chose a great kit. Uh, I've come around to it. I, I was not a fan of it. I've started to come around to it, but um not something i mean I, I like that it has some sort of history with the city at first i was like what is this uh so i've kind of come around to it a bit but the union still have the best kit in the league so we will uh we, we will say that uh there was also rumors that uh, were reports from um pablo mauer uh that i think it was him that said that uh, dc united is working on a cherry blossom kit for yes. 2023 so that's pretty yep. exciting see how that turns out hopefully it's not too gaudy but uh you know that'd be that'd be really cool hopefully it's not like the manchester city paisley oh you punk (laughs) i do want to say one more thing too uh, because other news other news did break as well um i think it was today uh where don garber said that there will be a roster compliant inter miami when they take Mm -hmm. the pitch i think they take the pitch on i think they said the compliance is due by friday before the game start um, yeah, and Kobe kind of mentioned that too. Yeah. He didn't think anything bad will come of it. It seems like they were always planning on Matuidi being a DP this season, and that uh, they just thought they'd be able to move um, uh, the you know the other player Pellegrini to U twenty two, which is not the case. Which MLS just announced the U twenty two thing. So here here's what's funny that you don't really see in a lot of leagues. They announced this initiative. <laughs> Uh, the week of the season starting. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. It's been reported for, for yeah. months <laughs> now, but they announced it with all the rules and stuff yeah. on April 13th yeah. when this thing kicks off on April 16th, so three days ahead of time. And Obviously, the teams moves. knew what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, come on. Like this, you know, where do you ever see like MLB or NFL right. being like, oh, we're creating this new player, but we're uh, it's in three days yeah i thought it was sketchy i was like come on you, you, it's always how the, the other teams knew what they were doing <laughs> like you could tell there was a heavy push to youth um and they had an initiative to do so i don't know so, if that's like legal thing where they have to put things maybe in. i don't know but uh they're really bad at it they they waited <laughs> until three days before but it is what it is uh logan last question i have for you here how excited are you for the prediction show as this is your first full season of MLS. Uh, I just want to get your take on that. Yeah, so I, I'm pumped. Like, I I told you this, Jordan, because we joined the MLS Gone Wild um, fantasy. Fantasy, that's uh, right. Everybody go do that. Right. It's uh, Unite the Watch and yep. uh, uh, the MLS, uh, what, what is it? Uh, MLS is Gone Wild. MLS Gone Wild, yeah. Yep. They, they've uh, created a MLS fantasy on the MLS.com, uh, MLSsoccer.com. Yeah, and uh, a couple of the extra guys are on, or extra time guys are on there. But it, you know, it's a it's a great competition. I think uh, the winner gets a kit, um, if I'm not mistaken. So that's pretty cool. Um, if not, Logan will make that happen. If I'm not, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just kidding. God, Jordan, Matt, I'm, you're gonna ruin it. Um, <laughs> 
gonna ruin my bank account. Uh, no, I, I I think the the best thing about it, like I said, was going through those rosters yesterday, and I knew pretty much everyone on the list, um, which is amazing because of the fact that one, I just started following it big time, um, and all of a sudden, you know, it's my first year actually watching full season MLS. I've watched a couple of MLS's back last year in Orlando City playoff games, but yeah, the, the, I'm really pumped for this season. Really excited to get out there. Um, and, and kind of see what the atmosphere is like. Uh, I think the, the league is going in a direction that we haven't seen before, which is great. Um, it, it's a league that's getting better and better by the day. Um, a lot of exciting teams, a lot of great storylines that we'll get into. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just really excited about it. I'm excited to see Harry Kane not win the Golden Boot because he's the most overrated striker and uh, Premier League. And he's not in this league, so right. there you go. <laughs> he's not going to win it, so he's not the best striker in, in the world. Um, no, I'm kidding, but it, I am. I, I'm so excited for this season um, just to, to watch these teams that we've covered. And, um, it, it was really hard to do those rankings because I wanted to put everybody first and winning MLS Cup, but it's not how it works. Yeah, we talked about that all previews long where every team was what the goal was top four, get a home playoff game. Right. And I'm sitting there like, you know, doing my, you know, doing my list. And I'm like, oh, geez, there's just not enough spots. And then you start thinking the playoff spots and you're like, well, I now understand where Chicago is coming from, but do they get there? I don't, I understand where since he's coming from, do they get there? It's a whole bunch of work, you know, to really, it's not just like picking names out of a hat, you know, uh, which is pretty much what I did last year when I did my own, <laughs> my own list that I sent and was totally wrong on every single thing. But if you want to reach out to us, you can follow us on Twitter at Stateside Show, Instagram at Stateside Show, Facebook.com slash, you guessed it, Stateside Show, uh, email Show at gmail.com. And we will catch you all next time when we give our season preview and uh, prediction show. So enjoy. Throwing his body in, it's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show, presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.